0: Watch, a guilt-free dive into those massive movie failures that we hate to love. Each week, we look at a movie that either we or our guests love, but society shames them for. We peek in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, keeping the public at bay while watching these movies like the miracles that they are. Today, we are gallivanting, galloping I should say, across greener pastures, Hanging out with our friends Ginger and Mary Legs, we are talking about the one, the only, 1994 adaptation of Black Beauty, based off of the novel by Anna Sewell. I am your host, Olivia the Horse Lord Suarez. Now, to the left of me is our editor.
1: Hey, Erin. I uh, went to school on a ranch. They had a lot of horses. Selinas. <laughs> and to the left of me is our chief archivist
2: i am kenny based on the novel "Push" by sapphire madison chief archivist of flatfilms.com we release a podcast each week <laughs> <laughs> oh olivia you like music i do have i do seen, I, I have you seen gallivant girl
0: I have not.
2: That's on my oh. list of movies. Oh, oh, Galavant. Oh, Galavant. <laughs> Galavant. Galavant. Aaron, have you seen Galavant? I have not. Hi, Olivia, have you seen Galavant? No. Oh my gosh. Galavant. The show? Yeah. It's. Oh, I thought it was a movie. No, it's it, basically what if a Disney musical was a 22 minute sitcom. The music is oh by gosh. Alan Menken. <gasps> Uh, oh my gosh. And like you watch the first song and it's the catchiest thing ever because it's it, it feels exactly like a it, it's like a PG thirteen Beauty and the Beast <laughs> song, oh which is so it's incredible. And it's incredible that, that uh show was on A B C for two
1: years.
0: I think wasn't um Timothy Odmanson on on that show? He's yes. in Psych. Yeah, I love him. He's great.
1: Um, you didn't tell me Vinny Jones is in it. Yes, I love Vinny Jones.
0: Is he an Aaron's boy?
1: He might be an Aaron's boy. He he's built a little strange. He's got that very uh, British soccer hooligan vibe to him, like where he he's not really sure who's playing, but he's gonna get into a bar fight that night for sure because that team lost. Like he's got that very like scowl face, and I just—he played the Juggernaut on X Men: Last Stand. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. He's the one. I'm the Juggernaut, and then he just like jumps out of the truck. Like, he yeah, he, it, yeah, yeah, he juggernauts. He's, he's, he might be an Aaron. He's definitely on the cusp, if not, an, a, for sure, Aaron's boy.
2: I believe John Stamos on Gallivant plays a character named Sir John Ham. Oh my gosh! It's uh, it's 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 insane that show exists. It's it's crazy.
0: Well, again, the movie that we are talking about today is <laughs> Black Beauty. <laughs> so, Kenny, for my understanding, Jenny is the one who suggested this film, right? For our that Wheel of Shame series?
2: Absolutely correct. Uh, what we've been doing for the month of August is getting suggestions, or rather we got suggestions, from our listener base uh, and put them on our fancy Wheel of Shame Spun the wheel, and this is what we landed on from Jennifer McMurtry, uh today's guest and hopefully future guests as well, suggested the nineteen ninety-four film Black Beauty, uh, with Alan Cumming, Sean Bean, David Thewlis, but mainly Alan Cumming voicing the titular role of Black Beauty. Uh but don't take my word for it. Why don't you go ahead and take Jenny's word on why this is her guilty pleasure movie? Jenny, if you could go
1: ahead and talk now. That would be great. I miss you, Jenny.
3: Hey, my name's Jenny, and I have the guilty watch of Black Beauty, the nineteen ninety four version, very British version, um, and I actually I rewatched it this week so that I could have a full view and. Wondered if it would hold up to my childhood visions of horsey love. Um, and so it does. I just, I'm here to tell you that, that I loved this movie as a child, and I still think it's fantastic as an adult um, and forget the naysayers who say otherwise. but uh, you know, as a child, I just I loved horses. And watching this horse go through the struggles um, of giving and serving. And he had good owners and he had bad owners. And, like, I owned horses and so I wanted to make sure I was one of those good owners who took care of my horse so that he doesn't, like, die or end up with his knees all cut up it's so sad and he's like in a fire like how much turmoil does black beauty go through he almost dies like five times um but he you know he doesn't and it's so good and he shows you how great a horse can be um and even now as an adult i love it all the same because I was watching it and like these are real scenes like the very first scene is a horse giving birth to a black horse and how long do you think that they had to wait for this to happen like do you think that there's just I don't know 10 20 other birth scenes where the horse wasn't black and it wasn't good enough and it came out as a sorrel and they're like oh Gotta wait till next fulling season. Like, that doesn't just happen. Or, you know, like, they're in a burning building. And this is before, I think, special effects. I'm not a movie buff, but, like, I think that building was really on fire. And how did the horse do that? How did he just, like, hang out there and not freak out and was still an actor? Like, that horse is a goddamn acting treasure. And... I think that's incredible, which, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I got a little worked up there, um, but that will happen if you watch this movie, if you watch Black Beauty, you will get worked up, and you feel like you can accomplish all your dreams, and the world will end in peace, and eventually you will end up right back at home, where you belong, with the ones you loved. Oh emotional now, <laughs> but it's so good.
2: Jenny, wow, that was, jeez, I didn't expect to be so enthralled. Uh, so, on the edge of my seat, I don't think we've ever had anything quite as compelling as what you just said. Uh, what was great about that is that how interesting that was.
0: <laughs> Jenny, I didn't know you were a horse girl. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, she submitted like five horse
0: oh my gosh Uh, we definitely need to have you on because the horse lord once once in
1: i i mean she grew up in from what she's told me kind of rural nebraska so i get i guess it would kind of make sense because i mean growing up in south texas i remember there was a lot of like cowgirls like they did like ranch styles ranch ranch lifestyle stuff but i do remember there was one horse girl and Kaylee and I actually just had a conversation about that because um, her little sister is kind of getting into like 4-H and and stuff like that. And I was like, do you, do you consider your, your sister a, a horse girl? She's like, no, she's not like, <clears throat> and it's going to sound mean, but like the horse girls I knew, they neighed at people. I don't know if if that's a thing that's common. And Kaylee was like, yeah, she just kind of, she likes, you know, the cowgirl lifestyle. So, um, But yeah, so I've had one run in with a horse girl and I really want to see the movie Horse Girl, which is apparently a a black comedy.
0: Did that already come out?
1: I think it was scheduled for 2020. Um, I think that came out earlier this year starring Alison Brie. Mm hmm. Uh, 2020. Yeah, it's on Netflix. No way. Yep you don't remember
2: it coming out because any Netflix movie debut lasts for a week and that it's immediately gone from yeah. everyone's mindset.
1: It's got, uh, Alison Brie and Molly Shannon. That's the reason I was really excited to see it.
2: I do like Molly Shannon. Like me some Molly mm-hmm. Shannon. She's always great.
1: And she's always underrated Mm-hmm. for sure. But yeah. So, <clears throat> um, for any people who may be confused out there, um, it says that it is the 1994 version on Amazon Prime. Oh my god! Yeah, let's let's clarify this because <laughs>
2: I think th- this might have been one of the more adventurous movies that we've had to search for.
0: It, it was on there, but it was one of those rental movies, like you had to you had to click on it and and make sure it was 1994 because the one that you didn't have to pay for <laughs> was not. The 1994
1: version. Yeah, because the one available through Prime made me feel old. Because when I was watching it, I was like, I mean, I was born in '94. This is kind of, I didn't realize it was kind of this dated. Yeah, I saw, I saw the
2: Paramount logo, and I was like, oh, cool, they're going with the old Paramount logo. (laughs) (laughs) It's a choice. And then the credits kept going on, and I was going, this. This I think this is not the 1994 version, but on on Amazon Prime, which is where we tried to watch it, it's specifically labeled uh, Black Beauty parentheses 1994 with Sean Bean, David Thewlis, and Alan Cohen. Alan Cummings.
1: Yeah, like that's where I was like, oh, cool, no problem. How far did everybody get in? Just curious. Oh,
0: now like uh, like beginning, just like you, Aaron. I was like, this is a little well, too old. And so I pulled up Wikipedia and I was like, is Paramount the person who distributed this movie? And then it was said Warner Brothers. And I go, oh, this is not it. This is not it.
1: Well, I'm not going to lie. I was about halfway through the movie. I was like, I guess this is just a, a thing, a misprint. And then Kenny messaged us and said, wait, it's not the one on Amazon Prime. I was like, well, what, that explains Sean Bean hasn't showed up. Like, <laughs> oh, you were halfway through the movie? <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. I, like That's why I literally messaged the group. I was wondering where
0: Sean so- was. I should have said something. I, I I found it, so I called my mom because it was her Prime account, and I was like, "Hey, mom, just a heads up, like, um, you're gonna get a two ninety nine charge <laughs> because I have to watch this horse movie <laughs> for, for the pod." And she goes, "You could have just texted me that. You didn't have to call." <laughs>
1: And you were like, no, Mom, I think it's important you know I was going to watch a horse movie.
2: Well, uh, some people share your dismay like your mother for unwanted horse movie charges. Uh, one (laughs) One of the things that we like to do on Shame Watch is provide a little bit of context about why someone might feel a little bit of shame about the movies that they love in a segment that Aaron likes to call The Context. The context.
0: Context.
2: Right. That's what I said. I don't know why you repeated it. In a review titled Black Beauty by Desan Howe, or Desan Howe, Washington Post staff writer, published July 29th, 1994. Black Beauty is a lumbering candidate for the glue factory,
1: despite a novel... (laughs) That was honestly an easy toss up, but I still fell for it. That was so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: despite a novel twist, autobiographical narration from the horse itself, Thompson's film is like those children's specials on public television you dutifully force your kids to watch. This movie's so dull, it's amazing the images even register on the film emulsion. It doesn't need to be so. Children's films deserve as much creative attention as anything else. Debuting director Thompson, screenwriter of Edward Scissorhands, The Addams Family, and Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, canters shakily between mundane and competent as she pieces horse footage together with all too much narrative. She could have saved herself a lot of money by holding the book up to the camera and turning the pages for us. Not that there's anything wrong with the story about a beautiful black horse who learns that life consists of nice masters and mean ones, and that sometimes the nice ones come back and save you from the meanies. This tale of heartbreak and exhilaration, of trust, loyalty, and learning to trust again as for young and old. We don't get to choose the people in our lives, the long-suffering eponymous horse tells us. For us, it's all chance. But as a movie, this is for the extremely uncritical and the well-rested. If you're even a little tired, this thing will have you fighting to stay awake. Black Beauty, rated G, contains potentially saddening developments for children, such as loss of friends and cruelty to animals.
0: Damn.
1: So, I will admit... Um... I'm not a huge fan of horse movies or honestly animal movies in general, outside of maybe Ratatouille outside of animated animal movies, actually, just because I know something sad's going to happen to the animal. Yeah. And it always stresses me out. And like, even like if like, like in, in real life situations, like, you know, if, if one of the dogs gets sick or if they're like limping, like, you know, I, I can keep calm in that situation. But like in a movie, it just stresses me out to watch an animal in pain. And I just, never really liked them and i want to i'm fairly confident i've never seen this movie but i'm also fairly confident that a teacher put this movie on oh on an off day in school somewhere
0: for sure that was exactly what i was like going to say like this was kind of one of those like after you know taking a unit exam mm-hmm. <laughs> Or like a movie that you'd play like before you'd go home for winter break.
1: Yeah, this one or the How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It it was one of these two or like, or like if there was standardized testing and you weren't old enough for standardized test yet, but they just wanted you to keep quiet in the school. So they just made you watch this movie instead. Like it, I just, so I don't know if I've been exposed to this movie but this was my first time sitting down and consciously watching it.
2: Yeah, this movie definitely has hungover teacher VHS vibes. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, like, like the, the TV is on the rolling cart. Yeah. Or even yeah. substitute teacher vibes, because I was a substitute teacher <laughs> after college. I was pretty great. But I never had to play Black Beauty. So yeah, like you, Aaron, this was, I think, the first time that I had actively watched this movie. And even actively as a scratch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just. Kenny, what'd you think of it? Uh, I, one of the shocking things
2: about this movie is how calm it is. Yeah. Because <laughs> this should not be a hungover teacher VHS movie because of how unhyperactive it is, which I think mm-hmm. speaks to a kind of kids' movie that they don't make anymore. And it also reminded me of, and and perhaps, Olivia, you could speak to this a little bit more. Perhaps I'm just being sexist, but uh, just to get you on the edge of your seat. Uh, that that type of movie that was potentially made for little girls that peddled, not necessarily Victorian ideals, but kind of those uh, those late 1800, early 1900 British ideals and how lovely and British all of those things. What what comes to mind is A Little Princess, The Secret Garden mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. litany of those movies. Uh, and additionally, this movie had like big babe vibes. For oh, for sure. Uh, but babe came out in 95 and this movie came out in 94. Um, And it also made me see how hard uh, talking animal movies are to pull off and make you feel something because i th- i think that babe is a stone cold masterpiece oh wasn't it nominated
0: for an oscar yeah amazing
2: and we i th- i think we all kind of forget that i with the blank jack podcast earlier in the year uh re-watched babe for the first time since i was in elementary school and i just remember not liking that movie uh, speaking to Aaron's point Because anytime there are animals involved I get outrageously anxious That's why I can never mm-hmm. watch Homeward Bound Lost in San Francisco Or uh, or whatever it's called um, Because they get lost And I hate it whenever animals Get lost in things um, So this movie was outrageously peaceful uh, Yeah
1: <laughs> Cummings does a great job Like <laughs> It's, i gotta
2: specify i gotta specify let's put this in the
1: canon it's alan coming ah damn it it is you're right i and i know it i know it is i see his imdb page right in my face right now it is alan coming i just just sorry mr coming i know you're a big fan uh
2: yeah uh, come on the pod. yeah alan Ooh. come on the pod
1: uh coming on the pod uh, i was just gonna say that <laughs> He's not Cummings on the pod. He's he's coming on the pod.
2: Right. Uh, Do you guys ever watch the John Fabro TV show Dinner for Five?
1: No, but I I have heard it. Yeah. Uh, show is just
2: absolutely wonderful. Uh, candid conversations between entertainment professionals and uh, John Fabro, uh, who's I guess also an entertainment professional. But I remember this anecdote that uh, Alan Cumming had really not necessarily an anecdote just a joke where he just wanted to have this cologne called Cumming and Socks (laughs) oh my god Uh, and I I know that he has a cologne for real perhaps we could make that into one of the tiers uh, on the Patreon Uh, if we hit $75 we'll buy a bottle of Alan Cummings cologne and then review it on the pod don't tempt me Kenny we definitely will. will I must Uh, Olivia does any of that stuff ring true Do do you remember Those types of movies that I'm talking about I guess Aaron could talk about it too But I really don't care about his opinion I care about Olivia's opinion Thanks Kenny
1: By by the way it is called Coming the Fragrance
0: (laughs) Oh my god Incredible uh, Yeah I Didn't watch too many of those movies I guess by choice Uh, I know that (laughs) I think a lot of it was because I was just so geared toward Disney, but I did remember seeing movies that were made just like this, if not used for the classroom, like at Blockbuster. You had like yeah. just pass by like the animal section. And it this movie reminds me of yeah, there's always that like that prim and properness that comes with with, you know, stories taking place in England and Actually, this movie kind of reminded me more of uh, Anne of Green Gables.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I remember watching that in school. And then I also, like, on the animal side of things, this movie reminded me of Milo and Otis. Have you
1: yes.
2: seen that one? Yeah. Yes. Fucking
0: love that movie. Um, even though that movie is notoriously known for abusing the animals. Uh, which, not great, but maybe that could be its own episode. Uh, but yeah, to, to, to clarify your point, I, I, I could see why that movie, like, those movies were created to kind of target that demographic, especially when you have what we would call horse girls, girls who are just so into ponies and, and want horses to go with their dolls, and there's like horse clothes. And I was never, this might shock you people. I am known as the horse lord, but if you want context of that, listen to the Max Keeble episode. (laughs) I was not a horse girl growing up.
2: Oh, I just remembered how crazy Max Keeble that movie was. (laughs) Good lord. What a a fever dream.
0: Uh,
2: Oh my gosh. But, But... um. Do, do any of us actually like animal movies? Or, I, um, I like them. Not, nec- not necessarily now, but like speaking through that kid's lens, did we all have that same anxiety of, oh no, Probably. this is an animal movie, something bad's going to happen?
1: I remember consciously as a child, I did not like them. Even Air Bud kind of stressed me out because I wasn't sure where it was going to go. The ref like, might
2: put him to the penalty box because dogs can't play basketball.
1: Yeah, like, I, I, is it going to be, are they going to do a charge foul on him? Like, are they going to hurt him? Like, it—it it got. are they going to act like Shaq and just kind of strong arm against him? Like, it kind of stressed me out. But, like, if we're defining, like, the homeward bounds.
0: Homeward bounds, yes.
1: Those still kind of stressed me out, but I did enjoy them after the fact. But I still think I'm kind of like, with Olivia, as a conscious child, I remember being like, oh, man, it's... The horse is talking. I'm not going to have a fun time with this. I'd much rather watch, you know, Mouse Detective or, or Aladdin or something along those lines. Mouse Detective,
2: I'm... Mouse Hunt, Stuart Little. Uh, oh my
0: gosh, Stuart Little too. I,
1: I would have much rather <laughs> listen watch, to that episode. I would have much rather watched a computer graphic uh, animal, just a computer yeah. graphic. Yeah, just like exactly. polygons. <laughs>
0: I do have to say that I may not have been, like, so ecstatic about, like, those kinds of movies growing up, but I did like movies that were based on true stories. So Seabiscuit and Secretariat, I loved those movies because they were based off of real racehorses. And, uh, and I'll, I'll be, by the way, if you haven't read Seabiscuit by Laura Hillebrand, Hillenbrand, fantastic, I totally recommend that. I, I liked... Movies like that, because then it has that, you can argue, it has that sappiness in it, like, push, push, the underdog is going to succeed and win, and I I I love that, but I, like I said, I hadn't watched too many movies where the animal talks, and it's live action, so.
1: I mean, yeah, that might be the only, like, any an animal talks might still makes me nervous, so like. Still to this day, that might be one of Michael J. Fox's few films that I've seen through completion. Oh my god! Just, uh, just because I'm not not too big on them, but like, I do understand the group of people that would like this. I do understand there is that certain certain demographic that this is written for, but even then, I, I don't like. I feel like it's just a conscious thing. Like as a kid, that I don't want a, an animal to be hurt,
0: Horse- unless you're a psychopath
2: uh yeah horse movies are their own genre which is weird uh, like, uh going back to the beginning of the podcast and the fact that Jenny submitted five horse movies to our wheel of shame uh and these are just five uh obviously she submitted black beauty that's what we're talking about were they
0: all five versions of black beauty <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is, this is an, another version of Black Beauty, a uh, story that has been around since the late 1800s, which is insane. Uh, they were not. Also had The Black Stallion. So I guess Black Horse movies are just its own specific genre. Uh, Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken, Sea Biscuit. I love Sea uh,
0: Biscuit.
2: And War Horse.
0: Oh, War Horse! Oh,
2: which is Spielberg They're- doing horse movie.
0: I so I didn't watch that movie, but my dad and I—I think we went to go see a movie in theaters, and that trailer came up, and there were so many shots of horses. So my dad and I would say, like, in complete silence, like the theater would be silent, and we'd go horse, horse, horse. (laughs) I don't know why that's funny. (laughs) Yeah, like just watch, like watch the trailer and just say horse, horse.
1: (laughs) Was it Viggo Mortensen in a horse movie? Oh, that's a yeah, search. Hidalgo. Hidal- there we go, Hidalgo. Yeah. Uh, I Hi, it. Well.
2: Uh, taking that horse with him once he uh, he left that movie. I guess
1: what a Vigo move. What a Vigo move. Uh, I just remember my mom took me to that movie because she knew I liked Lord of the Rings, and I just remember thinking it was so long, and that's because Lord of the Rings is like an hour longer. But yeah. Hidalgo was so much longer To me as a child You know what the original title of Hidalgo was Really yeah. you don't know No It was Hidalgo <laughs> God dang it <laughs> I set myself up again <laughs> Who likes
2: Who as a kid liked Animal movies Was that something Cause if I felt anxious And Aaron felt anxious And Olivia felt some anxious who what did kids even like this uh Aaron is raising his hand
1: I think it again I think it's the specific kids who grew up around horses like since birth like that's that's who I'm thinking who know who are and it's it's gonna be the honest truth like I mean my dad my grandparents they they work they lived like my dad tells me stories of like him and his cousins are playing around with a goat and my grandma just comes out and kills the goat in front of them that they were playing yeah. with for dinner. Like that was just what they did.
0: Yeah. I think my mom said something similar with like, I think they had chickens or something.
1: Yeah. And my dad tells me stories, about the horror stories with chickens like it. And that's just, and he's like, it's not that you don't feel for them. It's just, that's the way of life. Like that's how, you know, living to be is, is just, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, the, the, that animal provides for you, as opposed to us, you know, common city folk or folk who don't work with, you know, livestock day to day. We're like, that's a cute, precious little animal. Why would you want to do that? But, you know, for a lot of people, that's like, that's my tractor. You know, that horse is is my, you know, that's my computer. You know, if if your computer's bad, you send it to the glue factory, you know, so to speak. So I think those and, people uh,
2: isolate that sentence that you just said, and let's put that. Let's just intersperse that in like every other episode. Uh, got to send
1: the computer to the glue factory. Just you know, it. it she she did her time, you know, and now got it. Got to take her out to the pasture, and and I think it's those folks who are <laughs> <calling> <laughs> <me>. <laughs> the horse. The horse is the rural version
2: of city folks computers <laughs> is what i'm saying What's great is nay. That that's a perfect analog nay. Uh, <laughs> the little paper clip uh, pops up right next to the horse looks like you're trying to till the field would you like some help
1: uh, there's a clip there's an agricultural nay.
0: <laughs> you can say yay or nay
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i i think those that are accustomed to that and familiar with hey this is just what we do kind of helps them. And well, if we're honest, you know, rural America makes up a majority of America. And, um, I, I think those people just kind of want a fun story about what's, what's that horse thinking that, that that's what I'm kind of mustering it up to. You grew up in Corpus. Yeah. Kingsville, but Corpus area. Yeah.
2: I grew up in sand Springs, Oklahoma, which is fairly suburban. Uh, olivia where 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 do you hail from
0: i was born in the valley but i was raised in san antonio but i lived in like boring suburbia part of san antonio so
1: okay so like bernie area kind of thing
0: uh no by like north central but i do have to say okay. i do have to say i live like five minutes from these horse stables <laughs> I should do not. I just thought of it right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. Because when I was learning to drive, and there's that one curve, and we drove by, and there's we would always pass by and see these horses. It was just this, this like just a few acres of land. Even though I live like in a very suburban area, like part of San Antonio. So yeah, um, like. Mom, Miranda, Dad, if you're listening to this episode, Serina, you know exactly the the horse <laughs> stables I'm talking about. uh so yeah, I just thought of that right now
1: but but none of us actively worked with horses or actively you know worked fields like i mean i've I've helped clear brush and I've done some like 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 cattle stuff here and there, but I've never like actively needed a horse for transportation. I right. didn't work I didn't work with horses, but I did watch a lot of
2: reruns of Grace Under Fire, which is, <laughs> I think that's very close to working with horses. I
1: if if there were tiers, that's at least tier 2 or 3 for sure. For, for steps above where I've been. I heard that I, Brett Butler's conduct
2: on that set is easily the same as trying to wrangle uh, one of those horses. You're I probably you
0: not wrong. There. I, uh, I I did horseback riding for Girl Scout camp, oh, or like like you know the, it was one of the Girl Scout camps I went to we would uh but obviously somebody was there to kind of like hold on to the horse and then I remember a childhood friend of mine had a birthday party, and she had like that same option of like, horseback riding,
4: mm-hmm. but
0: of course, obviously when I was on the horse, the horse decided to <laughs> shit so. <laughs> I took that as some kind of omen. I have no idea. Or maybe it was a good omen, you know, regular.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, Speaking of horses being regular, (laughs) Black Beauty is an outrageously calm movie, uh, but I am shocked. I was (laughs) flummoxed that there happened to be a poop joke in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Because this movie is like if you gave a child 17 Xanax uh, It is So outrageously calm And even the titular black beauty Himself is just like Yes I'm being abused but honestly There were some
1: silver linings That's exactly how it was You're not like <laughs> But yeah I, I guess You gotta throw in a little bit of humor You gotta throw in what the kids like And poop is always a safe joke for kids Poop is a safe joke for kids yeah. There's yeah. also
0: some humor for the people like me, the lioness, who always see some double entendres in everything.
2: And <laughs> Yeah, one of the messages that you sent to our group chat, because we're friends outside of the podcast. Uh, we are. Unlike, unlike what some conspiracy theorists are starting to post on Reddit. Uh, we are friends.
0: We are friends. We are
2: friends. That's something guarantee that we're friends but you said that this movie was uh i believe the word that you might be using is thirsty yeah I,
0: so first of all if you're horny let's do it ride it my pony <laughs> <Black> Beauty. <laughs> i've been wanting to say that all episode yeah so immediately we see black beauty is immediately smitten by ginger and he's like thirsty like he goes straight to her and she's just like hey but then after a while she's like backing off and i'm like that's me like i i try to like flirt but then if i don't think you're my type or whatever i kind of back off and then he's constantly like at the pasture he's just like constantly chasing after her and she's like fighting back like i'm not having this shit like like literally and then there's this one scene where they're putting the um this is when they're at the first place but when Sean Bean's character is feeding them oats <laughs> and they're putting, what is it, like, the, not the saddle, the... The artist. bit? I what think thought? so. I guess, but he was saying, like, oh, like, putting this in my mouth, something, something, like, I don't know, he was saying, he was talking about the sensations of putting something new into his mouth, and I just, the, I'm sorry, like, <laughs> the lioness and me just, like, couldn't help but laugh. I'm actually, like, a 13-year-old
1: boy, so... It it was, like, the Fifty Shades of Grey inner monologue, but, like, a horse version. Yes. I,
2: I too, am, like, Black Beauty. I have a thing for redheads, and I'm also established as male, but no one can actually see my penis.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of... (laughs) I've never heard a, a simile for. Oh, it's like that, that was. Uh, that was. I was not expecting that. That. Was, that, uh, that. But yeah. Um, cast wise, uh, good old scene beans in this. I think you mean Sean Bond. God dang it, that's good too. Um. Jim I, Carter
0: I, is in this movie too. He plays Mr. Carson in Downton Abbey.
1: Yes, That's kind of cool. And uh, two Aaron boys.
0: Ooh, who are they?
1: Well, well, the voice of one Orditi uh, said uh, uh, Alan Cumming. Yeah, um, who has two colognes? The other one is called Second Coming, um, by the way. But there's one more. Um, <laughs> 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 I just wanted to give that little knowledge drop. Right. <laughs> oh great. Um, there was I think one we a more. promotional
0: clip for the week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
2: man, Alan Cummings so good, he's always he really good at whatever is. he does. The problem with Alan Cumming
1: is that he very rarely does good movies. You're not, you're not wrong. Has he gotten any kind of recognition? I mean, theatrically, he's a big stage actor, from what I understand.
2: Uh specifically the thing that stands out in my mind is him in cabaret mm-hmm. uh, and but just any time that you put him on film it's he he's he's always charismatic and dynamic but it's just like he's in stuff like Son of the mask and
0: he's in spy kids right
1: yeah Uh
2: oh, damn which I believe is part of the Shamewatch Classics that we'll be publishing starting next year. <laughs> We're partnering up with Steelbooks and
1: issuing a line of Blu-rays. He was Nightcrawler as well. Yeah. Um, which I think might have been my... F- well, I didn't realize Spike Kids 3D and X-Men 2 came out at the same time or same year, so I can't remember which one I saw first, but... Um, oh no, he was also in Spy Kids too, duh. So of course, he, I would have seen him in that first. But yeah, nothing's really popping out to me. Yeah, Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion.
2: Uh but I mean, yeah. Uh, no, anyway, I interrupted you in
1: order to talk about. Alan oh Alan.
0: yes, who's your second Aaron's boy?
1: Does Does anyone want to take a, a crack at it? Hard Let's see. David Thulis. There it is!
0: Damn it. It's
1: gotta be Thewlis, baby. Thewlis, man. Professor Lupin himself. Oh, he's yeah! Also, he's also the father figure in uh, uh, Boy in the Striped Pajamas, which, if I'm not mistaken, they just have him titled as father. I don't think he's got a full... Naming that, sure. um, but David Thewlis for sure, man. I there's something about him. He's kind of got that little bit of an uh, an overbite, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I've always loved his performances. Like he's always got stringy hair. You definitely it, got a
2: Skeeter Valentine nose.
1: Yes, yes, for sure. And like, I will admit, I didn't like him in Wonder Woman. Was not huge. I might not just have liked his character.
2: They. <sighs> because that movie is perfect and then there's also like the last fight scene which is wholly unnecessary the movie reaches this climax mm -hmm. and then has a giant muddy cgi fight but the movie's done and solved uh and has made a profound statement on the nature of evil uh it's great uh we we stand wonder woman uh 10 out of five stars
0: so the movie reached its climax, and instead of another CGI fight, it it just really needed a, a whiff of second coming.
1: Uh, whiff, of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I uh, don't know why I, you're saying
2: it like that, but that feels right. Yeah,
1: right. That's that's all it needed. So, I snagged some of his prof- promotional pictures for it. I'll put it in the group chat a little bit later, because um, they'll they'll be very very distracting. Um, but yeah, I really like Thulis and he plays kind of a pivotal part in this he's he's uh very young yeah. um which i don't know where he went from like 32 to 64 i don't know when he kind of turned that like he he kind of aged very rapidly yeah um but he yeah i really like uh thulis he's one of my faves um and scene being i just i'd love that man um he just I, is this one of the few movies he doesn't die
0: that's a good point. Wait, doesn't... He doesn't die in National Treasure, does he? He gets arrested.
1: Yeah, you're right there. Yeah. There's an explosion, but he's not in it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a does he die was. in
1: Jupiter Ascending?
2: <sighs> Which is a, a bananas bonkers movie.
1: It's gotta be a Google. What movie? Uh,
2: Olivia, I don't know this, but according to Jupiter Ascending... uh Bees worship royalty. <laughs> and Channing Tatum plays a dog man. With oh. Bones.
1: It's great. I I did not realize in, in 2019, Sean Bean actually <laughs> said he's, he's going to start rejecting roles where he gets killed. Oh. He doesn't die in The Martian.
2: Oh, yeah. He did, yeah. Oh,
0: see? Things are looking up.
1: Alright. A twenty uh a whopping twenty-one times in movies. Damn. Nice. So
0: who dies more in a movie? The animals that star in the movie or sh scene bean? <laughs>
1: that that should be a that should really be a <laughs> a website. Like I know there's the does the dog die website for movies. Does Sean Bean die?
0: <laughs> that should be its own website <laughs> by this
1: point. Oh
4: my god.
2: Uh listeners if you're thinking that we're just not talking about the movie all that much uh honestly i don't i don't feel like there's that much
1: to talk about it's a pleasant movie
0: yeah i was it was heartwarming it was what was weird is that it wasn't that long of a movie it was l- less than an hour and a half but sometimes mm-hmm. it kind of felt like you know a little dragging but
2: yeah cuz the movie is about a horse, the horse is the protagonist, of course, uh, and it's not exactly interacting with any other horses. Even though Alan Cumming is the voice of Black Beauty, no other horse talks, and it's it's it can be kind of difficult to be emotionally invested whenever. Yeah, you're Ginger doesn't talk. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 difficult uh not impossible because i felt for jerry uh which is the david Thewlis character joe our, oh, our joe. second owner yeah uh who's so sad to
1: leave black beauty um i mean it just sucks being a horse it really does like i i'm not going to lie to you i think i was like really emotional and scared of this movie because i'm actu- i'm actually playing a game right now where I'm not giving much away, but it's for Ghost of Tsushima and something happens to the horse and I got really emotional with it. Like it was, it was one, the game is just beautiful, but they, again, if you don't want to hear it, spoilers, um, I'll put a, a timestamp in here. Um, but like you're, you're escaping cause you're a, a, a banished samurai and you're escaping from a village. And you get on your horse, who is your trusty steed. He is, you know, with you 50 hours of the game. So, like, you, you've you grown a relationship with him. And you even have dialogue with the horse. And you're like, oh, like, my sweet, like, my my horse's name was Nabu, which, mean, uh, which means uh, trust in Japanese. And, you know, oh, my sweet Nabu, And, like, just, like, when you're riding around and, like, you're running and they're like, oh, there he is. So the horse gets shot, like, twice with arrows. So right away I'm stressed out. And then you have like a 90 to two minute, a 90 second to two minute scene where you're escaping and like, you're seeing like all this, uh, you know, devastation of, of burning uh, houses and burning villages. And then like the horse is limping. And then like the last 10 seconds, like the horse just like gives out. And then like the last scene and he just says, I think he says like, thank you. And then, and then the last no! scene is you're, is you're kneeling at his uh, gravesite. So like I was already like an emotional train wreck, and then I had to watch a horse movie.
0: <laughs> and so when you saw Ginger lifeless in the,
1: it brought back flashbacks, and and it's it like I said it was it's a fantastic and again right spoilers over, um, but it was it was a fantastic game and then that thing brought up and I was like, oh boy, um, this is this is a lot and then I and then I watched this and it's just a really precious cute movie and what i'm fascinated with is is how kenny said like this is for you know 10 year olds and and below i believe is probably a fair statement or 12 and below and it's very dialogue heavy Uh, i don't know how you keep kids this entertained with it because it's very dialogue heavy not a lot's happening there's not a lot of flashing colors like (laughs) well also kids movies have changed
2: so drastically since uh Since uh, we were kids, uh, Mm -hmm. to the point where they're just uh, placing emphasis on stimulation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as
0: if that bird scene in the beginning wasn't stimulating enough.
2: (laughs) Woo! Woo! So, So, horse being (laughs) warned.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, great. (laughs) Nay. (laughs) Within the
2: first. Within the first five minutes, you see the horse coming out of a horse's
1: vagina. I mean, first ninety seconds, really. We we just from the get go.
0: You see some afterbirth, dude.
1: Yeah, like it's still coming out of the 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 sack, the wound. And then for
2: another punch, you see Sean Bean, which is just as offensive.
1: Pretty clean-shaven, by the way, which, again...
2: He's definitely a snack. Good. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is around the time that he was in Goldeneye. I think this might have been the same year. Or oh.
1: Maybe.
2: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: Uh, what kind of fascinated me, Caroline Thompson did not direct much. No, uh,
2: considering that she was a go-to screenwriter for... Uh, Tim Burton, especially in those formative Tim Burton years, and then also Mm -hmm. Adam's family, and then her directorial efforts are all these maudlin animal-based films or kids, but like aggressively G-rated movies. Yeah, Buddy in
1: 1997, and then in 2001 she did a TV movie, Snow White, Fairest of Them All.
2: Which is shocking considering how... How Much Bite, Edward Scissorhands, and Adam's Family, and Nightmare Before Christmas, and uh, shoot, what's the other one? Corpse Bride. Tim Burton movies, and then at some point, her career just flipped. Um,
1: Yeah. I I mean, I don't know how how much you make for writing, but uh, (laughs) it says she was on the screenwriting team for Welcome to Marwin.
2: Yeah, that's that's what I saw. That's
1: well, that Steve Carell Oscar bait movie that did not that nobody bid on. uh,
2: Yeah, I I believe everyone saw Welcome to Marwen and said, uh, "No, thank you. I'll go to the next town.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I will not be exiting here, even if you have a Dairy Queen. No, thank you. I know
2: that you've got Janelle Monae in here, but I say (laughs) no." (laughs) <laughs> no I, <say> nay. Nay. <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs>
1: but yeah, she's hasn't. Yeah, I mean, and well, she was also associate producer for some of this stuff too. So I don't know if she was just she's just content. Sure, she's made her money, doesn't need anything else. Maybe she's teaching or or doing classes for writing. But I mean, th- I mean, all of those are. I would honestly say, I mean, Adam's family for sure. Oh, and she also did Homeward Bound. Wow. Amazing. Um, Adam's Family, for sure, and Edward Scissorhands, you know, had a pretty big impact on me. I was in A Nightmare Before uh, Christmas, kid. Um, Nor was I. Uh, Looked too spooky. Samesies. <laughs> but I was right there with you.
0: I don't think I saw it until maybe I was a bit older.
1: Yeah, I was. I want to say maybe high school is when I first saw the whole thing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but maybe James was a nightmare before
2: Christmas, kid. Uh, James, uh, we miss you so much. Uh, and if you would care to talk about Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, put in your thoughts right here about Nightmare Before Christmas, James, starting now.
4: Kenny told me to talk about the Nightmare Before Christmas, so that's what I'm going to do. This is James' fight. Uh What to say about The Nightmare Before Christmas? Well, uh, I love this movie. I think, let's see. It was the first time, yeah, I asked a girl out to see this movie in seventh grade because they remade it uh, or re-released it um, for, like, 3D or something. And I remember being very nervous and... um, honestly i don't remember the date i just remember the movie and how cool it was uh and i'd never seen anything like that with the claymation type thing aesthetic and i mean the music was awesome uh it was i think the first musical i've i ever saw because my parents didn't like musicals so therefore i wasn't allowed to watch musicals in the house um There's also a lot of stuff with that that I won't go into, but they didn't like musicals and they didn't want me to listen to them, even though I wanted to because they seemed cool. And guess what? I was right because musicals are awesome, especially Nightmare Before Christmas. And what I love about it too is just the world building about Nightmare Before Christmas is this idea that uh, every holiday has its own reality that's interconnected by these trees and I love just the this idea that Jack, Mister Jack Skellington, uh, is so I guess angsty and tired of his job as uh, Halloween King, the Nightmare King, um, that he wants to explore and do something else. And I mean, I I think that relates to definitely a lot of millennials, but anyone going through any sort of transition is at some point, no matter if you love doing what you love doing, you're going to get tired if you do the same thing over and over again without changing. So you need to branch out or at least give yourself a break of doing something so you can maybe get re-inspired like Jack did um, because he explored this idea of Christmas and (laughs) I mean the comedy comes from, he's, he doesn't understand what Christmas is, but, um, doing that allowed him to be re-inspired and do the thing he loves, which is Halloween. And I think that's so applicable to life in general where, you know, we go through the ebbs and flows of life and sometimes we get a real low low because we've been doing the same thing over and over And we just need something to get us out of that rut. So, on that level, I really love it. And it's just cool. Like, the music's awesome. And um, I remember, I mean, there's a lot here because, like, they also had a PS2 game about the Nightmare Before Christmas, which I don't think was very popular, but I got my hands on it. When I probably was in eighth or ninth grade. And oh man, it was so much fun because it was this unique combination of gameplay where it was kind of a beat em up. Because in the gameplay story, Jack gets this new experiment from that brain scientist guy, and it's this like little, like, those little, like, sticky hand things, but it's deadly, and you defeat monsters with it. So you have that as the beat-em-up, but then on boss levels, they incorporate the music, and it's a uh, quick-time event, QTE, uh, where you just have to match the music, and if you, the better you do, the more the song progresses, then the more damage you do to the boss. And I thought that was a really cool combination. I had not seen that a lot uh, during that time of video games. And it was just this cool, unique story that it was one of those rare games where it's based off a movie, but it doesn't try and repli- replicate the movie's storyline, which is better. It just explores the world, which is perfect, and it did exactly that. It made you really live in this world of Halloween Town and just explore everything, and it was super cool. And then, of course, uh, there's the Kingdom Hearts series that incorporates uh, nightmare before Christmas. And those were always my favorite levels because it had this really cool Halloween aesthetic look. Uh, I should also mention that Halloween's my favorite holiday. So of course I have that connection um, with this movie because I love Halloween. Halloween's super cool. You get to uh, for a moment, not be yourself and explore uh, another perspective similar to what Jack does with christmas but um yeah i can ramble on and on about how much i love halloween and how putting on a mask for one night can help you see through a different lens um and how that compares to life but i don't know how long kenny wants this to be so i don't know um honestly i'm starting to feel like a madman because i've been talking for six minutes to myself uh, in a dark room, so I, I don't know. I feel a little crazy, but here's the thing. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, I love it so much um, for the reasons I said before, and it inspires me to create a world that hopefully other people can uh, live in like that and be inspired by. So that's all I've got right now. Um, I'll probably think of a million things after I'm done recording, but hey, that's how it goes. Anyway, go watch Nightmare Before Christmas. It's a cool movie.
1: Hey guys, this is Aaron, uh, just giving you a heads up. That was not all James had to say. Here we go.
4: Okay, so I just remembered, uh, it, I messed up technically it wasn't the first movie or it wasn't the first date I asked a girl out to because that was in sixth grade with the pacifier, uh, starring the one, the only Vin Diesel, but, um, wild speed summer. Uh, I I wanted to clarify what I meant was, uh, this was the first time I didn't have to have my mom accompany me on the date. So again, don't remember who I asked out. Don't remember the date. Just remember uh, wanting to see Nightmare Before Chris Wait, was it Mariah Prader I don't remember. I don't remember, but I remember seeing the movie and being engrossed by that and loving it. And, uh, yeah, that's the only point I want to uh, rectify. Uh, I feel like I should do it a bit... Um, Oogie Boogie was scary, I don't, I wonder if that's problematic, if um, there's some like racial coding in there, or maybe I'm just trying to insert problems, I should rewatch that movie, I own the movie, okay, enough of my ramblings, Kenny, I don't know what you wanted, but uh, here you go.
2: Wow, that was just incredible, James. It's so wonderful and poetic. I can't Wow. I makes us miss you all the more. Can't wait to you, see you again.
0: You know what was so great was how interesting that was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh goodness. Um but yeah, uh this it, it's a pleasant film. I have no real you know problems with it qualms with it i thought it was interesting it's um, a very pretty movie it really is for for 94 it was shot really well like it like it just looked clean it's whenever
2: the titular character black beauty is out in the wilderness or just in the fields rather it's lush and green and it's just very lovely to see and it's very soft spoken film which i i can imagine watching this movie and just kind of feeling calm uh if you're if you're stressed out just literally there's a scene cuz this movie is not really that stressful i think the it's most not. stressful movie the most stressful scene is whatever they're trying to cross the bridge and the bridge is creaking but black beauty says no no uh, and he's trying to get Black Beauty to cross the bridge. And oh, the
0: fire. The, the fire. Oh, yeah, the it's fire.
2: Successful. Very successful.
1: Yeah, horses do not like fire. We know that for sure. But
2: mm-hmm. you know, the, the movie, in a nutshell, is like whenever they're getting Black Beauty to accept a saddle for the first time, and they're feeding him oats at the same time. And it's just like mm, yummy oats, wonderful, delicious oats. This makes the sting of the metallic taste dulled out. That's where I had my (laughs) "that's what she
0: said" moment.
2: Because I don't know if you know this, Black Beauty loves the the taste of oats. Big oat fan. Loving some O. Yes. Uh, This movie is also fairly lethargic. You think it's very calm. It's very peaceful. And also, it's there's very little narrative here. I'm kind of I'm, I'm shocked that our reviewer that I picked from today said that it was overly narrative based because I just it's, it's a series of calm vignettes from a horse's point of view and every time the horse is like, man uh, transporting things is hard. <laughs> uh, like that's basically Black Beauty's arc for the movie.
0: And then his thirst for ginger. It's
2: like, oh, he's
0: so thirsty. It's never quenched. But then, like I said, it was depressing as fuck when they're like when they meet each other again, and he's he's like, yeah, it's gonna be okay, like it's gonna be okay. And then they're like, two seconds later, <laughs> she's like laying on a cart dead.
1: Dude, for real.
0: I was like, what the fuck? That was
1: depressing. That was so hard.
0: I was like, I couldn't tell if like they shot her, or if she just died from being tired, but, because I wasn't sure, because he, I felt like, Black Beauty heard her, like, whinnies, and, like, from his supersonic hearing that he got from his recovering, and I didn't know if that was because she got shot, or, yeah, I don't know, but it was depressing anyway, and I was, I literally turned my back for two seconds to, like, put something on my bookshelf, and then I turned around, and there she was, like,
1: <laughs> dead. Ah. (laughs) it's that part's stressed and then like two minutes after that he falls over on the hill (laughs) like it it all the stressful moments weren't spaced out they came pretty back to back to back at the end yeah
0: (laughs) and then at the end like you know it tries to bring it back to center and like you know uh the nostalgia of him running through the pastures with his friends Actually, you can kind of make the we can kind of make the case that the beginning and the intro are at the beginning and the end are very much like that. You're probably wondering how I got here.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, did you not see that?
1: Yeah, I, I. Now that you voice it, yeah, it makes yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it was it was a pleasant movie. It was Sean Bean lives.
0: Ginger uh, doesn't.
1: Yeah, I mean. Uh, some animal has
0: to die
1: (laughs) well yeah it's just bound to happen (laughs) well uh let's see if the critics
2: were as merciful as joe was to black beauty at the end of the movie in another rousing game of the rotten tomatoes game the podcast's fourth favorite game to play The Rotten Tomatoes game is based off of the website Rotten Tomatoes, a film review aggregator that takes all submitted film reviews, averages them out by a pass-fail system, that assigns a percentage on how many people might think a movie is either fresh or rotten. This is not a score that a film is X percent good, it is only a percentage of how many people liked it. I'm going to be asking our panelists today, which happened to be Aaron, uh, introduce yourself.
1: Uh, Aaron Salinas, uh, editor, uh, snuggly guy from Shame Watch. Uh, and our other celebrity panelists, uh, please introduce yourself.
0: Olivia the Horse Lord swatters, also known as the Rotten O'Tatos Champion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
2: that was good. <laughs> uh, now, for those that might be joining us on our delightful Black Beauty episode, uh, I'm going to be asking our panelists for two numbers uh, one being the critical score. For Black Beauty, how many critics liked this movie, uh, as well as an audience approval rating? So, starting with the critical rating, out of fifteen critical reviews, starting with Mr. Salinas, what do you think the approval rating is for Black Beauty?
1: I'm sorry, 15, one, five? One, 5. Granted, this movie yeah. came out in ninety four. True. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think I'm being optimistic. I'm gonna say fifty seven. 57% from the optimistic Mr. Salinas. Uh,
2: Ms. Suarez, what do you think the approval rating is for? Black Beauty! I
0: think critics, I think it's maybe like 70% because maybe it's like a, you know, just a pure family friendly film. Very simple, very short.
2: Uh, Olivia, you seem even
1: more optimistic than Aaron.
0: I try to be, you know.
1: Uh, yeah, you're. Oof, you're, you're being real optimistic on this one, I think
2: Uh, Well, s- neither one of you are optimistic enough that The critical what? rating is 80% on this movie Oh, wow! <laughs> oh, good, for, good for Black Beauty!
1: I did not see that coming You did uh, not
0: see that coming
2: ah, damn it. <laughs> damn, That was good <laughs> But let's see if the audience wanted to send this movie to the glue factory out of 74,339 audience reviews, starting with Miss Suarez. Uh, what do you think the approval rating is for Black Beauty?
0: I'm going to kind of stay on the same wavelength and say like
2: 75%. 75% from Miss Suarez. Uh, Mr. Salinas. I'm going to shoot.
1: I'm going to shoot. Higher. I'm going to say 82. 82%. Uh,
2: Aaron, you're going to be very pleased uh, because what's your name? Uh, Olivia? Yeah, that's <laughs> you. great. You got it right on yeah. the money. Wait, what? Right on the money? Uh, Olivia got it right on the money. It's 75%. Wowza! Oh, wow! Two-time wow. Rotten
0: potatoes winner today. Rotten potatoes. <laughs>
2: Uh, and Did as, not see that
0: one coming. God damn
1: it.
2: Uh, really just, <laughs> these ratings are just coming in your face. <laughs> uh, hey. now, as we've established, uh, the final winner uh, of the Rotten Tomatoes game gets to pick... Uh, any panelist at all to donate thirty dollars to the charity of their choice. Now, granted, I can't be selected because I am host. Uh, so, Olivia, <laughs> just at random, picking a panelist. Who do you choose to be donating thirty dollars to the charity of your choice?
0: Um, I'm gonna have to say, Mr. Baron Molina's. Oh, Ms. And
2: Baron.
0: yes, and I say that the charity will either be one of the ones we have listed on our on our link tree, which you can find on our social media profiles or maybe there's oh are horses included in the ASPCA in the Arms of the Angel commercial?
1: I I think Animal Planet includes them.
0: Okay. Well On the an an animal a, an animal friendly charity then
1: I felt like that was uh, just okay. <laughs> <Done>. <laughs> That was just designed to get me. Okay. All right. Aaron, those are the rules. You know the rules. There's only four. Oh, you just
2: know them off the top of your head? For the most part. Okay, go on. Go ahead. What are the four rules of Watch? Rule number one, no No dunking. dunking. No dunking. Unless it's
1: basketballs or donuts. You can dunk those. Rule number two. No self-deprecation. Don't do it. Rule number three, no ironic liking. Don't do it. Rule number four, don't do meth. Just don't, don't do, do it. Don't do it. Four simple rules, y'all. Uh, right.
2: And speaking of saying yes to horses, a new version of Black Beauty is coming this year to Disney+. Plus.
0: It's coming? It. it is,
2: but uh, decidedly <laughs> Sam's coming. Uh, which is on damn PC. it, <laughs> uh, with Kate Winslet voicing Black Beauty.
1: Oh, okay, all right. i I'll be real, I'm not 100% sure I'm gonna watch it, but uh, good, good for them. Hey,
0: do, we should do a Black Beauty marathon <laughs>
1: for me. <Peter>. Oh man,
0: <laughs> we can finally watch that 1971 version. We almost I can finish watched. it.
2: What <laughs> a nightmare! <laughs> just watching, just watching the same story five or
1: six times again.
2: I mean, <laughs> I'll
1: be real. I still think the coming one might be my favorite. Sure. Granted, I haven't seen. In, I've seen only half of the other one, and I haven't seen the the Winslet one yeah, yet. But
0: That's
2: for- amazing that you saw it. <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, Aaron watched it in its entirety then was like Sean Bean wasn't in that maybe I missed it then went back to the beginning and started
3: <laughs> oh my gosh
1: then I listened to the audio commentary and I was like nobody's bringing up how what a great guy Sean is it's
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh I have the wrong movie didn't see
1: that one coming <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> that's been our episode of Shame Watch thank you to Denise Hudson for our and theme song James Garcia for artwork and always, don't forget to review, rate, review, and subscribe to Shame Watch on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you podcasts are found. Do you have suggestions, questions, comments, or general tomfoolery? You want to contribute to the pod? Send it our way. Visit us at Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Shame Watch Pod so we can talk with you. And we also want to give a little bit of love to our patrons. Don't forget, finally, you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com backslash shamewatch. It does cost money to put it on superb content just like this. So even $1 donation can make a huge difference. Now we're going to get to that part where we give our patrons all the love in the world. First off, Kenny Madison of, of Austin, Austin,
2: Texas.
1: Aaron O. Salinas of Austin, Texas. Gene
2: Fight, a Bowling Green, Ohio. Alan Smith, of Leander, Texas.
1: Bradley McPherson, of Tulsa. Okay. Jennifer Steinberg, of Austin, Texas. Eraclio Gonzalez Jr., of Austin, Texas.
2: Ian Keegan, of Gillette, Wyoming. Danny Cantu, of San Marcos, Texas. Miranda Suarez, of San Marcos, Texas. Irene Suarez,
1: of San Antonio, Tejas. Nolan Barger, of Austin, Tejas. As always, guys, thank you for being with us. Until next time, our watch is now ended. Wait, 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 wait. Podcasts. Wonderful, delicious
2: podcasts.
1: (laughs) Until next time, our watch is now ended. Dive at your own risk.
2: Uh, Rest in power, Ginger, and rest in power, Olivia. We'll see you at the beginning of the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, James we miss you